you some questions. Where were you sitting on the train? Against the window. In the passenger car? Yes. You're certain you were in the passenger car? Yeah. Where are the other passengers? Your train derailed. Took a curve too fast. A second train collided with yours after it derailed. The debris spread over one mile. Why are you looking at me like that? There are two reasons why I'm looking at you like this. One, because it seems you aren't the only survivor of this train wreck. And two, Scratch on you. clicked on it so you know what it is 20 year anniversary of the movie unbreakable but before we get into all the other stuff I bet if I, is, you were on the last time we actually done uh after credits the homie jack is back what is goody what up yo it's lit what's going on <laughs> hey man I, I'm, I'm excited for this one and everything and first ever Time up here. New guest alert. I should actually put their horns or whatever. But, you know, later, later, you know. My homie Calvin joining the Don't Bite Your Tongue family. What's good, bro? What's up, people of good taste? Nice to be here. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So, like, you know, we, we were we were talking pre-production. Love it. But um, we were talking about, like, yo, you know what? What's, what, what movies are turning... 20 this year like you know 2020 like let's go back to the year 2000 like what was really popping and jack's like holy shit unbreakable and i'm like um so i think i know a little bit about this but not necessarily a lot i couldn't believe you've never seen this movie because i can't think of a more tailor-made movie for your interests i was like blown away i was like we have to do this now this is true and you you know that and you know me and I just I say like I say a lot of stuff or whatever. It just won't pop in black households like that. Mm. Unbreakable yeah, wasn't enough. thing. Um, before we get deeper in this or whatever, before I forget, remember always, guys, to rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Links and everything in the bio description and all that stuff. Um, shout out my brother G. He just got his podcast popping up. I actually still got to send him that episode that we did prior or whatever. But um, meet me on the roof is now available. Spotify, I think. Um, Anchor, Apple, he got up there, SoundCloud. So go check him out. Trying to get, you know, big bro, whatever up here to the, you know, the boys. But 
And also, last thing, whatever, I hope you guys enjoyed, because by the time you're hearing this, enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend, was safe out here and everything. Don't go out here on some early versions of Jason Pierre-Paul. Sorry, Jack, had to do it. Yikes. Out here, phase two, got my hand sanitizer, spritz, spritz. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> Rub it up. Get it going, baby. Don't don't be touching people. Don't be hugging. Right. I already, I already got some work, some, some works and ideas for the new playlist for June. So, you guys, be prepared for that in a couple of days. And, yeah, any, anything else before we get started on this movie? Um, released November 22nd, 2000. So we're a little early on the 20-year. But, again, we talked about it, and I was like, this is, movie just makes so much sense. Um, so, M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalama ding dong. Shyamalama ding dong. I, I want to say it to the people. I am not trying to offend anyone and everything. It is just jokes, people. Just jokes. They we're write make fun of his name a lot, but yeah, they uh, write uh, So this movie came out the year after The Sixth Sense, which obviously was his coming out party. Yeah, M Night's coming out party. So th- I feel like this one flew under the radar. Like it did well in the box office and everything, but. I think because it was his next one, it wasn't what people expected, I guess. And then he did signs after this. So it was still in the the Shemalanga good zone there. Damn, that's that's a that's pretty dope for your first three movies. My God. Oh, uh, he, he had two movies before that. But anyway, OK, I was about to say, because, I mean, even though I haven't seen signs or um, the Sixth Sense, I know about them. So, I mean, if you you know, it's it's mainstream, it's you know what I'm saying? If it's not spoiled already, then I don't know where you've been. Yeah, I mean, if you're click, if you're clicking on this or whatever, you guys already know. You haven't seen The Sixth Sense or Signs? We're just going to no. go on a Shyamalanga deep dive. Oh, man. I'll, ne- yeah. I'll never forget. I'll never forget back when, you know, like the, which, you, you know, we all know, um, and we going to talk about this in a little bit, too, you know, black men don't cheat. But, you know, back in the days or whatever, when I was out here in these streets, this one, chick's on her, this one chick on her bio was like, um, hit me up or whatever so we can watch M. Night Shyamalan movies together. And I was like, that's how you giving it up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I lie? <laughs> I mean, if you want someone to hold you close, I guess a little spook fest. I don't know. If you want, want a slow, ponderous time, maybe. I mean, you know it was a white chick, too, or whatever. I can imagine, like, she was one of the people that hang out outside of Starbucks or whatever on her laptop and ain't even got nothing on the laptop. I'm not going to shit on M. Night all podcasts, but don't <laughs> go up to anyone and watch The Last Airbender together, all right? Oh, my fucking God. You guys know that's on Netflix now, right? Like, the cartoon and the movie? I've never watched either. I, well, the cartoon's amazing. I, I just never finished it. And the movie, I refused. I have heard it is utter shite. <laughs> I've heard it's almost as bad as the Dragon Ball Evolution movie they tried to do. Oh, now yeah. that was a travesty. <laughs> I, I think I think honestly we should watch it just to like laugh. That's a good one. The bad I movies can be good in that way. With white I, Goku. I don't know if I can sit through that again. I don't with even think I sat Goku all the way through the first time. And all the other eight, but everyone else is Asian or whatever. But Goku's white. Yeah, of course. Mm. And Piccolo is purple. Oh my! Let's God. not get into it. He was like lime. <laughs> Had Lyme disease. Oh my god. <laughs> so, um, Unbreakable <laughs> starts off, man, with you know a baby being born. You know, just black love out here. You know, nice, just newly born baby. But 
whoa, what what is this? The the baby's arms and legs are broken. So I don't know if I mentioned this or whatever, but Jack and Calvin, y'all have seen this movie. This is my first time. So mm-hmm. we we actually did a watch along together, whatever, which was pretty dope, fun, had really fun or whatever. Jack was about to pass out. You know, we can't get Jack past his bedtime and everything, guys. <laughs> Dude, whatever happened to me recently, and I start waking up at six in the morning, all of a sudden it's eleven o'clock. So I'm a little lit. And He's God, I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching myself pass out on the Skype video. Like, that, is, right. that was hilarious. I was just looking like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> Calvin had his back to us. So I was like, my gracious. <laughs> the profile but, angle. <laughs> yeah, Darius, at one point, you you like you, you could just see that like that like slanty glint in, in Jack's eyes. Like, oh, he was, done, <laughs> he was done. He was done. It was more than one time. It was a solid, like, 30 minutes. I was confused. I was like, is he lit or is he just tired? Or both. I mean, that, that's, that can happen. A little column A, column B, bro. <laughs> uh, that, uh, what's that guacamole commercial? Why not both? Yeah, there you go. Like, we were talking in one of our group chats the other day or whatever about, you know, passed out in a strip club a couple of times. But, you know, little real late night shit. And my buddy will fuck with me and, like, yeah, he'll wake me up with a stripper. And that's, you know, but that, that's a different podcast. Um. <laughs> We so, don't talk yeah. about the body shop on this pod. Hey, bro, we can't be giving away locations. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Top secret. Um, but yeah, the baby's born with broken arms and legs, and I'm like, what the fuck? Huh. So y- y- y'all's, y- y'all's guys' ideas, or not ideas, but thoughts on the opening scene. It's an interesting way to open a movie. Um, obviously, it sets with the premise pretty quickly, and introducing uh elijah who is played by samuel jackson um and, surprise motherfucker <laughs> and uh they, they go over eventually i've written down here somewhere he mentions how many fractures he's had in his life but i guess he started off with four uh pretty terrible damn calvin yeah the the way this kind of tells on a, a lot of things in the movie the way it starts out is it gives you this scene and somebody's reaction and you're not sure you know what what is true or what happened so at first you're like one of these midwives fucking broke this baby's arms and legs and they're just like evil people <laughs> like these things are like running through my head like what the it's f- all white people too whatever like i mean i know it's 2000 and everything not gonna be you know oh god but i'm like yo it's all white people it's just this black family and they're like yo do drop him and i'm literally like yo that's why i'm always afraid to just hold babies when they first came out because i'm like yo i'm not trying to fuck around and fumble the kid like day one <laughs> Early touch babies. Early <laughs> Dion Waiters heat check award to that doctor's face. <laughs> that midwife. Oh yeah, he's a great actor. Uh, Yo, fucking phone with a baby at the one yard line. Uh, uh, pulled a pulled a Sean Jackson. Yikes! <laughs> he just dropped that too. Good lord, that wasn't a fumble. <laughs> but then also you, you see uh, the mom and just her emotion and her just kind of being like. Oh fuck, my baby is like fucked up, like right out the gate, man. This oh god damn it. <laughs> it's it's one of those one of those things you don't want to think about, like if and when you have kids and they immediately have problems right out the gate and you're like, This is gonna be the rest of my life. I mean like no not selfish either, but just like like this oh. kid is gonna struggle. Yeah. I I'll tell I'll tell y'all and the listeners a story right now. Like my mom was freaked the fuck out because I came out blue. What? I, I couldn't breathe. Oh, 
I came out like blue and gray and everything. And she was like, what in the world? And they like they had to take me, get me in a what's an incubator, all that stuff and everything. And a couple hours later, you know, just beautiful little baby boy. But at first, my mom was freaking out. She was like, what in the hell? I have a interesting birth story, but I'm going to save that for a conversation <laughs> with my mother and not broadcast that to the world. Hey, bro. <laughs> I've, I've told it. She she'll tell she'll she'll tell you. Oh, you she'll meet, tell it. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm about to say you ever meet my mom? She'll tell you the same thing. <clears throat> my story when I was born is they uh they brought my brother my brother into the room. They're like, Matt, this is your little baby brother Calvin. And he looked at my dad, looked at my mom, looked at me, looked at my dad, looked at my mom, looked at me, and just fucking smacked me. <laughs> 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 Ruthless. <laughs> oh, love. We're good now, but yeah. <laughs> way to way to start off with that energy. Mm-hmm. This life's gonna be shit. <laughs> you ever you ever heard of doing shit from day one? He told you day one. This what the fuck it be. was? Talk about Yikes. coming here with that energy, bruh. <laughs> um, <laughs> next scene, and I. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it now. So I was watching a review for this movie literally a while ago before we started. And I kind of didn't catch it at first during the movie, but I guess if I rewatched, I would like think about it. But the dude was saying, if you look at it, a lot of the scenes or whatever, they're not just cutting back and forth or whatever. Like it's kind of just like, it, it was kind of even shot. Like, you know, a comic book would be. So I was going to save this for trivia, but yeah. the movie was shot in sequence and it's all tracking shots. So it's like pretty, significant high level cinematography it's very unusual to shoot a movie in sequence like that so it kind of builds i guess the whole filming of the movie builds the narrative as they're making it you know putting it all together and then like people weren't doing track long tracking shots like that in 2000 like that's a thing like 1917 was like four tracking shots which is crazy in its own right but that's 2020 you know yeah so i'm a llama ding dong was on his shit boy i'm trying to tell you he hadn't lost it yet <laughs> not till uh, the happening oh god See, hey, I, I still don't know what you're talking about but i just you know i've, I've heard like my man my, my man fuck i'll say it, my man was penny hardaway or whatever he started off hot and then it just it landslide he was gonna be a contender <laughs> <laughs> he, he still got some rings though he's got oh yeah he, he got does. rings he got rings um, we go from there into Bruce Willis's character, uh, David Dunn. David Dunn. Um, yeah, also yeah. was going to save this for trivia. But I'm just going to sprinkle these in, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, go ahead. Pur- purposefully reminiscent of comic book character name alliterations. So Peter Parker, Bruce Banner, David Dunn, and it's going to be become revealed that he's basically a real life superhero. Mm. Well. We know he's going to be a superhero, but he started off as about to be a cheater because we he's on a train <laughs> and this woman, Kelly, like comes up or whatever. And they like we see her putting her bags up and this, as I called it on our like watch together, a reverse tramp stamp with the most Audi belly button I've seen in a hot minute. Was it Audi or any? I can't remember now. A little, little bit Audi. Yeah. It was a lot of bit Audi. <laughs> <laughs> I you was say, and, you say tramp stamp. It was it was a little leafy number, you know, just like I mean, yeah, it it was, it was something I hadn't seen in that area before. It just lets you know what you're getting into on this train. 
Like we see man's put his like take his wedding ring off and everything, and I'm like, mm, white man cheating. Shocker. Black man would never. It seems like he was halfway to add to a divorce at this point, so let's give him some credit. I mean, we don't know that yet, though. We don't know that in the scene, no. Yeah, we don't know that in this scene. We just see him taking his ring off or whatever. Like, yo, he's getting his rocks off. This could be wedding crashers right now. <laughs> Top five movie of all time. Don't at me. Um, but immediately after, you know, shit kind of goes a little bit sour as far as their conversation. You know, joints just going on. And the entire fucking train is derailed with David being the only survivor. Like, Y'all tell me, okay, rewatching this because like I don't even know if I asked when was the last time or like, can you remember the last time you've seen this or like your initial reaction to holy fuck. Calvin, go ahead because I got to think about that for a second. In terms of like, are you asking about like a like a fucking mega disaster on screen? I mean, no, not necessarily that. Just like because okay, because I didn't know. Oh shit, the train's about to crash. But like. You guys got to catch all my reactions. Like, what was? Can you remember your reaction the first time you saw that? Well, there, it's it's interesting the way that Shyamalan Ding Dong does it because it's it's also about the pace of this whole movie. He keeps it very calm, so you don't actually see the train crashing. Right? True, which I was glad you know, about that. You see it speeding up, and you see everyone on the train starting to realize, like, oh, something's wrong. Like, we are something's going on and the last scene i think is like a woman in front of him you're looking at his view like through the the seats and she like grips the armrest and then it cuts um to kind of you know uh i'll let you get into the next scene but but so you don't actually see that scene and so that um, it's not the movie a kind of movie that is that fucking big cgi action budget or whatever it but it did a great job of setting this up and giving you that anticipation of something's about to happen and then kind of explaining it in the next scene. In the same way that Plot Against America, David Simon said that if they had a bigger budget, they would have shot the war sequence, which, spoiler alert, spoiler alert Alvin loses his leg in, which you got to watch Plot America. There's a whole yeah. podcast about it. Go listen to it. But, six. Um, six, yeah. Lots of hours. But, um, like – Sometimes it's not about showing, it's about telling. It's not that the yeah. train crashed, it's that he survived. And that's all you And doesn't about. have a fucking scratch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, insane, man. So, like, I, I, I guess by this point, I'm just like, okay, so... <laughs> and I'm, I'm making all these, pers- like, just assumptions in my head and everything. I'm telling you guys some of them. I'm like, yo, is he, is, is he an alien? Is he secretly dead? Like, ooh, you know, what's the twist? <laughs> like, right. what's about to happen? I like I you had all those thoughts going through your head, too. That's interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, literally, I, I told y'all, like, I didn't know. I never watched a movie. I kind of knew what happens in, like, the third chapter of this kind of, like, what, trilogy you can call it. But... I don't know the little details of stuff, so I don't know if like what's going to happen or like how he even does this or like. I mean, look, clearly I know now, but at the time I'm going into this like, okay, does he? If he doesn't know that he has this gift, can it not take effect? Or you know, what I'm saying like some. That's just kind of you know little shit like that, you know. Yeah, I think that's what um, Elijah kind of encourages him to is like realize throughout the movie like. Uh, kind of nudging him towards the path of like if you embrace it like it'll fully 
form itself within you. So like he's had all these events in his life that get kind of peeled back during the course of the movie where he starts to realize, you know, oh, like this happened to me and that happened to me and I'm still like fine and all these things. And then once if we're going to go Game of, Game of Thrones with it, once your third eye is opened, all of a sudden you see the world in a different way. Mm. I was like, you mean we're we're going into like quickly turning someone to heal and everything after like an episode? No, I was going to reference like Bran and the Weirwood Trees and stuff, but I don't want to talk about season eight. Put an F in the chat for season <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Still. Uh, it's... <laughs> oh, man. Until they Talk about it. anniversaries. One year anniversary of season eight. Sorry, Calvin, go ahead. I saw that, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Next thing I got as far as my little notes I was jotting down or whatever. So David goes to a memorial for all the people that <laughs> passed on this. God, I was not trying to laugh right there. For all the people that passed on this train track. <laughs> like, that was just crazy to think about. Like, like, yo, can you imagine? Like, okay, everyone else died, and I'm just going to show there because they're having a giant-ass group memorial for these people. Like, what? Like, when he's in the hospital, everyone's looking like, what the fuck? It's slightly insensitive <laughs> to go to the memorial. <laughs> That's the only survivor. Oh, actually, yeah. Well, is it? Right, right before that. The the scene is him in the hospital. Did you already say this? He's he's waking nah. up and talking to the doctor. Yeah, and, I didn't say it. Go. And and so that's that's where you kind of like you you are kind of the doctor's perspective. Like, how are you fine? Uh, right in front of him in the scene is the other survivor who is basically dying right in front of the screen. The dude's not gonna make it, so he he like actively becomes the only survivor in that scene as the other person dies like right there in the hospital next to him. And he just wakes up and he's like, "Oh, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> guess I'll go home now." Yo, it's I like, thought I'll go ahead. It's like Link in like any of the Zelda games. You just wake up and you're like, "Oh, I guess I'll just save the world." No, <laughs> <laughs> fam. The first thing popped in my head was two different things. I'm like, okay, so if you black, they're like, what in the hell? No, this is a demon. Or if this was like the Salem witch trials, this is a witch. We gotta burn them. <laughs> like they're like, yo, there's no way. You're that defying been, physics. That would have been an interesting angle to take, take this movie if there was like haters against him, like after the fact. Yeah. But but like just to get back to the hospital scene real quick, like you just passed all of these families and you can see it in their face. They're all expecting you to be their family member and you're not. And then you go to their mass funeral. I don't know. <laughs> mass funeral too, man. I'm like, so how did, how did they decide to church? That's all I want to know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being way too breakdown right now, man. Let me stop. <laughs> oh shit. But now, while he's at the mass funeral, he, like when he gets back to his car, there's a note from limited edition that says, how many days have you been sick? Question mark. Now, Mysterious. before we get on to this next scene, man, I just I told y'all, I said, oh, hell no. Nah. Don't be leaving no shit on my damn window or whatever. <laughs> but I, I don't know if I've told. Well, shit, I, was, I know I haven't told you this, Calvin. I don't even know if I told you, Jack, like at one point. OK, so y'all might look at me crazy. Listeners too, check this out. So maybe a couple of months ago, I got back into my car after being in the store for a little bit, and there was like a like Bible scripture on like a little like mini index card mm -mm. that was on my car. No, no, wait for it, wait for it. 
it was like a little like um scripture or whatever that was on a little index card and it was on my car or whatever and i'm like oh okay so i just kind of put it in my car right okay but don't don't think nothing of it right a couple of months later i don't know how many months i work outside ladies and gentlemen i'll just say that i ain't got to get into no other stuff i'm literally in the woods i find another card with the exact same scripture just on the ground <laughs> I'm not making this up. I have both of them in the car or whatever, so no one can say I'm lying. Like, I couldn't, like, wild. They're like, yo, someone's trying to tell you something. You got shamalined in real life. <laughs> Bruh, I'm telling you. So <laughs> so this happened. I'm like, oh, God, flashbacks. Yo, y'all's thoughts on um this card. So <laughs> if you leave anything on my windshield and it's not a fuck you, you parked like shit, and it's just a... <laughs> <laughs> It's just a cryptic, like, I. in that moment, I'm reading that, I'm like, is there a sniper on my head right now? Like, what the fuck is this unsigned, nonsense, cryptic-ass note? I don't think I've gotten many notes. Like, like literally, like, something uh, memorable. I don't know. I'm sure some shit has been under my windshield, like an advertisement or something. But, you know, that scripture thing, find that shit out in the woods, that's, that's a little creepy. Hey, man, tell me. When we were in Australia, my dad got a note put on his car, something about being some kind of gringo that like can't park for shit because you're driving <laughs> on the wrong side of the road with the steering wheel on the wrong side. He he was getting cursed at the whole trip. It was actually kind of hilarious. <laughs> Damn. No love for Papa Tanjays. Well, and like it was funny too because like they're it's Australia, so they're like you fucking drongo. Like I Whoa. can't do Australian, but that's that's fine. <laughs> L- l- little little side note before we get right back into it or whatever. So um, you've actually been to Australia, and we actually know a, a friend who's in Australia. So you're trying to tell me it's not – it's actually a place, not like the people who think it's a made-up place that doesn't exist? What? That is Look, a thing. I swear to God. Guys, we don't know what's beyond the ice wall, but there's the pedo <laughs> out there in the beyond world. And uh, if he can understand anyone down there, kudos to him because they speak English, but whoa. I'm just saying <laughs> – <laughs> I'm trying to get how they can say it doesn't exist. We have video and audio and everything. I don't. Oh, let me stop. Let me stop. Oh God. Mm. I mean, for my my side of things, I work in in mapping stuff, and there's fucking satellites circling the globe, taking pictures of every part of the Earth. I don't understand. Yeah, come on now, speak to it. Flat Earthers, you're getting crossed off my list one day. Yo, I'm telling you, if we, if we, we, I better chill out over there before they cancel us. Good lord. <laughs> you know they squad up real quick, like. So next thing we got, um, you guys are gonna hate me. I'm sorry, but I gotta do it in West Philadelphia. Uh, but um, <laughs> West Philadelphia in '74. You know everybody kid, thought the same thing. Facts. I mean, come on. I literally said it last night. I said, "Oh, you, you niggas did not. Uh, no." It's a big, bold title. It says West Philadelphia. There's nothing else that's going to be running through your mind. Come Born on. and raised. So we're in West Philly, 1974, and the kid that we saw at the very beginning that was a baby, <laughs> he talks about how the other kids pick on him and says he breaks like glass. Another interesting shot in this scene, too. The whole thing is filmed through the reflection of the old TV. That was crazy, and I literally said, I'm like, yo, y'all remember back when TVs had all the random shit in the back of it? That's how you got TV. <laughs> hey, man. 
But in the, I think this was the first time or whatever. I, I'm pretty sure it was Calvin who was like, yo, like this is like like Shyamalan is killing like this this shot right here. Like a lot of like the little details of stuff, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It really sets up very iconic images. Like and it it's interesting. Some some movies it blends in and you don't notice it, but it's almost like it's not that Shyamalan's trying to like scream it at you, but you you notice. Like it's it's good. It's good. And so you like kinda like can appreciate the things. And for me, I don't know, my mind I'm not good at, at analyzing imagery and like thinking about like uh you know breaking down a scene you know in every bit of its parts but it it uh i felt like it meant something i wasn't sure what it meant but you know i was paying attention oh it means something but we'll get to that later um fuck i had a thought left my head never mind um before we get off to the next scene or whatever his mom pretty much gives him with like a bunch of comics like we saw the original comic but didn't she say she got a bunch of them um what what i was gonna say was it's not a period piece movie because like the present day takes place when it was filmed so now it's kind of like a period piece movie in that sense but like for the fact that they did the flashback and made the period accurate accurate stuff was significant and then she gives him the comic out on the bark bench so he'll go outside and be out there so he can read his comic um so worst shot of the movie was the spiraling camera shot on the comic that was so stupid that one was in your face that one yeah also i want to say too jack to your point as far as you know they actually went back in time and actually had something of the times i'm like wait so you're saying we're not in like old 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 school medieval time or whatever and you see a dasani bottle uh it's a starbucks cup in game of thrones hey well it was a starbucks cup and a dasani bottle uh true that was <sighs> when they were having <laughs> Season eight, bra bra bra, taking shots all episode. I'm staying on track here. So it was, <laughs> it was a comic book, and it was Active Comics, and uh, it was the Battle with the Jaguars limited edition. Um, so first of all, that's where the name of the store comes from. It's from his first comic from the limited edition. Second of all, the logo, the Active Comics. Do you, do you recognize that? No. It's reminiscent of Action Comics. That's the same logo format mm. that they used back in the day, which is the um, comic strip that introduced Superman. Mm. Go off, son. Go off with the behind-the-scenes shit. Hey, hey. That's what I'm talking about. Um, y'all got any final thoughts before we get on to this next part? The Isn't introduction it? of modern Elijah? Yeah. I, I think there's one bit that... Uh... I don't know if this matters so much, but you never actually saw any kids making fun of him. Um, the way the movie sets up, you just kind of you just believe, you know, the character stories and they, he doesn't have to show everything. You just kind of get it. And I think the weight of of the characters in the story, you're like you're all in on, you know, what they're telling you. You know, there's not kids fucking breaking his legs or punching him or anything. But you just you get the sense that he's he's got a lot of trouble and he's like really angry kind of i love the world i love that observation bro because honestly i'm glad okay at 28 i could sit here and watch this movie and, and like get it you know what i'm saying because i can imagine like shit trying to watch it in 2000 or whatever and being like what the fuck this ain't a superhero movie this trash son like you know what i'm saying like i'm a lot older and you catch like the little subtleties of like yeah i like that man i like that what's interesting about what you just said too calvin is that we don't see him get bullied, which actually no. comes into play later because 
if you buy into what his character is and how he chooses to live his life and the things that he ends up doing throughout the movie, maybe it's just his own narrative in his head that he was bullied. Maybe like the neighborhood was really respectful of him, but he was so traumatized by his disease, his real life injury, that he made up this whole narrative where he had to go and. He's, he's Michael you know, Jordan. He's gonna come up with a fake beef. Maybe that's what I'm saying. They called me Mr. Glass. That's like a like like one time some kid said it in passing. He was like, "I'll dedicate my life to this name." Like, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, reminds me. Like, yeah, the kid who watched a lot of anime in school and he seemed like real extra about it, but you know, actually, maybe that was like a coping because I don't know. There wasn't two, a lot of shit going on. <laughs> yeah. Two two things. Two things. The the kids that used to run like Naruto with their hands back or whatever. Yes. And then um and then <laughs> like to what you just said or whatever, um, the scene on Super Bad or whatever. He's like, ha, ah, that's why you pissed yourself. He's like, that was like the second grade. People don't forget. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also super bad. Classic. Fucking classic. Um we get into David showing up at limited edition and he ends up talking to glass as they have a conversation about, yo, you know, you're the opposite of me. So I'm going to say this little thing. I'm not trying to intrude on Jack's um, trivia, but on the review I watched, I didn't catch this shit until I I didn't catch this shit until the review. I, I don't know. I didn't catch it or whatever. They're like, if you look at it, there's colors, there's colors involved with things like, Mm -hmm. If you notice, like David, like he's wearing, he wears that green jacket a lot later. His house has a lot of greens and like all that type of thing. In comparison to Elijah, you know, glass and everything, there's a lot of purple. He wears purple. A lot of like the scenes around him, whatever limited editions, purple. Um, real like shades of Osmandius from Watchmen, like like Mm. purple with the kind of character arc they they actually go down similar paths. Uh, It's a classic comic book thing to like associate colors with the narrative of a character. So it helps you pick these things out in a graphic novel and they really emulate that in the movie. And it's really interesting the way they did it. And one little uh, note about this, this scene where he, so he got the note on his car. He comes to see Samuel Jackson's character, Elijah, um, to wonder, like, what is this about? Why are you asked me if I've ever been sick before? But he brings his son with him. This yeah, him. I don't. This get is it. one of my notes. Like, that's that's. I have no answer for that. Like, why? I don't know. You didn't want to leave him at home, or you know, there's maybe a simple answer. But he brought his son with him, and um, it's not really clear, like, why he has kind of a strained or like disconnected kind of relationship with his son or if it even really is that strained i don't know but but he's there and and then there's really kind of pivotal moment where he's uh talking with elijah i don't know it's interesting i can speak to that for a second because i'm going to dive into the notes again real quick for the trivia um it's this is just part of like the trivia i don't know if this is actually shaman's image for the movie the name elijah is a biblical reference elijah was the prophesized uh, was prophesized to return to Earth to pave the way for the coming of the son of David, who would be a savior. So, nice. like, maybe he's like you can tell he's trying to set a better example for his son going forwards than for whatever reason they did in the past. And there's a like a big nod at the end of the movie to his son being like, like I I set this example for you. I'm gonna just say like this though: neither of us are like none none of us are fathers. 
But at yeah. the same time, too, whatever, if I get a creepy ass message or whatever, I'm not going to be like, hey, you know, let me bring like my little niece or whatever. Like, no. The fuck? Maybe if you looked up in the white pages, he was like, oh, it's a comic book shop. I guess uh, Joseph can come with me. And then he walks in. It's like a creepy art gallery of an arch villain. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and also, too, I'm going to say it as like, you know. Samuel and that hairdo and everything because we we we've had a conversation in previous like you know things as far as like when y'all saw me with my with my dread cap on, yo Samuel's <laughs> hair in this shit yo this whole movie now they they nasty for that part that hairdo in that part was nasty that's all I'm gonna say real ones know what the hell I'm talking about I'm good it's like he just went skydiving and his head was at an <laughs> angle. <laughs> It just kind of it's swooping to one side, but looking real natural. Amazing, amazing analysis. Yeah, wow, shit. Anything for the next topic, guys? Um, we we the only thing I want to say is he had that conversation when you first meet the adult character Elijah with that random dude. He's like, "I'm gonna buy this for my son," and he was like, "Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't write down that. That was funny though. That sets up like Elijah is. He has extremely high standards. Maybe that that helps you understand. Like he is very particular about how he thinks things should be, uh, you know, especially if he has a connection to them. Um, the last thing I'll say, just because this line stuck out to me and it was hilarious, um, they they're talking to Elijah in the back of the shop, and Elijah is asking David like. Have you have you never been harmed? And the kid was like, he got hurt in a car accident. And Savior Lowe goes, is the child correct? (laughs) 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 Oh, man, I'm sorry. That took me out. I forgot about that one. Oh, boy. Let the boy walk. Literally off everything Jack just said, guys. Next scene we got is David kind of looking into his memories, and like you said, we are we just found out about the car accident, and we we see like his um his newsletter clippings about the about the car accident and everything. And I'm just gonna let Jack go in first or whatever because wasn't that you that said is this how you keep your memories? So fuck no, Calvin <laughs> started this. So oh, Calvin, <laughs> he goes into his closet. And he reached under a pair of jeans. Under a cloth is a gun. What the fuck? <laughs> That's how he and stores that... his gun. He folds it up in a rag, puts it next to a pair of jeans, next to his memory fucking manila folder. All right. That's what I – go ahead. One folder on the top shelf with newspaper clippings. That's my life history, and I protect it with this gun, and hopefully Joseph never finds this when he gets taller. I, what? Let's thank. Let's also thank God that like him and his wife or whatever, which we haven't gotten into her yet, kind of really. But like, let's just be hoping. Oh, she's not randomly looking for like some one day or whatever. Oh shit, is that a gun? Bow, you know. <laughs> we'll get into that way. soon. Jesus. Apparently, he's responsible because he stores his bullets elsewhere. Yeah, and uh, even a twelve-year-old <laughs> could figure that shit out. How do you get up there? To re- how do you, how do you reach up there? <laughs> Mm. We, we don't have to we don't have to break down the, the stage direction too badly i guess we're gonna anyway, get in the nooks and crannies too there's, hard there's that classic uh saying like it, a gun shows up in the first act it'll get used i think in the third act oh check you out with the bars bro 
It's a MacGuffin. Or, no, that's not a MacGuffin, is it? Chekhov's gun. That's what it is. Chekhov's gun. There you go. So that was pretty classic there. Isn't this the same moment where we get the whole scene or whatever where they're like, five years? Yeah, you haven't called in sick once. <laughs> so yeah, he so- goes to work and he's like, pull my sick records. And <laughs> she's like, whatever. That's an old lady. What? I forget her name now. It was just typing away. Like, and tell him a random ass story about how she got like almost trampled to death by a horse and they <laughs> had to put down the horse. And David Dunn is like looking at her like, all right, cool story, bro. Can you give this note to my boss? <laughs> so his boss comes in the in the locker room and he's like, so I'll give you the raise. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you haven't been sick for five years. So I guess you want to raise. Ha ha. Like, good one. Like, way to make your point. And he was like. That, again, like, thanks, random co-workers, like, bringing this random energy at me all the time. Like, I just want to prove that I'm Superman. Also, too, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to get too deep into my stuff or whatever, but, like, I feel like half the time whenever I call in sick, they don't really take it out my sick. They always take it out my vacation or whatever. I'm almost at, like, 500 hours of sick time. So you would think I never call in sick either. First of all, check your benefits, son. Don't let them take your sick <laughs> yeah, time. Or take them get up your sick time. <laughs> Man, my sick time clocking up, bro. I'm trying to tell you. I, I think you're about to catch that Rona, catch a catch a two week quarantine. <clears throat> Where are we going next? All right, so he's at the uh, stadium, right? Yes. And then is that when he gets a, a note that uh, Elijah showed up? So he has, he has a message, right? So he got two messages. One was some random thing, doesn't matter. And another one was that uh, new, oh no, I'm I'm thinking way ahead. No, so uh, oh that's what it was. Yeah, he someone had a bogus ticket, so they send David to go like look at, at the guy who's trying to like get in with this random ticket. And it's Elijah. So now he knows where he works. He's following him around, and he's like, bruh, like listen to me. You're the shit. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should say that in that conversation with Elijah at his, his comic store, he basically was like, don't ever contact me. But he's basically like, you're fucking crazy. Like, stay away from me. Stay away from my son. Bye. Not only that, he was like, dump the water. Don't drink anything this dude's giving. Like, that was actually smart. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. No more Elijah. We're done with this. And so now he shows up at his work. He's like, bro, like we just talked about this. Like, do not follow me. Creepy glass man. How do you find out where I work at? Is the real question. That was maybe some of Elijah's intelligence and guile coming through. It's not like now, whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm look on Facebook to see where you work at. Just pop up and shit. He's got connects. What was the Internet doing in 2000? Where are we at? Broadband. We got broadband. 2000. We're AOL. It's the AOL era. I think I broadband. I'm pretty sure one of them the days of like you just uh, you get like the random disc of hours and shit in the mail. I think we're a little <laughs> so past many. that, but we're we're definitely in the dial-up era for are, sure. Look, look, are we? I'm about to say, look, you you got to think about things in the Tanjay's house and the things in the Bryant household because look, the Tanjay's had dial-up. I don't know what to tell you, Bryant's had dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think broadband came around at least in in my hood. It was like late '90s, like end of '90s. I remember playing uh, playing games on broadband. I'm pretty sure. My dad was not paying for that. We had dial up. Yeah, yeah. I'm I not just... gonna talk about Mom Dukes or whatever. If you don't get get off and everything, I gotta make a call. Mm-hmm. Them were the days, boy. I'm sitting here trying to play fucking uh, Teen Titans game and shit. All right, so 
there's a couple of quotes in this conversation between Elijah and David. So he shows up at the stadium, David's confronting him and Elijah's like, why do you think of all of the professions you could have chosen? You chose protection. Mm. And like, he's really like nudging him is like, you're on a path for a reason and you need to like fully embrace it. And we're still on the point in the movie. We're like, yeah, David, listen to this guy. <laughs> but also we're at the point where we're very skeptical because we don't know anything. Like, like he says he was injured in that car accident, you know, like we, we don't have any reason to think that really he's fucking, I mean, you know, benefit of the doubt, you know, you're watching a fucking movie about it. Superhero, exactly. So you know what's going on, but you know, if you're kind of giving in to the um, Elijah, he himself is trying to be skeptical and going through every possibility. So it's like you're not sure. Well, let me ask Darius this then, because I was definitely watching this from a frame of rewatching it. But Darius, right. your first time seeing it, where are you at mentally in this conversation? If you could recall. Um, I'm going to say it just like this. So we're talking the realms of reality and in this realms of Shyamalan. So if I'm going to be the guy where I'm like, well, okay, you do sound ridiculous, but at the same time too, how the fuck did I just survive a train crash? I also survived a car accident and not going to get into what happens later on because we're going to talk about that later on. So I think you you were as the viewer very much in David's head then, right? Because you're like, I mean, I shouldn't take this seriously but the more and more I remember shit that's happening, the more and more I'm kind of buying into this narrative. Because isn't like isn't this the kind of like first time we get like the I don't know which I don't know what we're gonna call it, but he can kind of sense things as far as when he touches you. Oh, that's happening right happened. now. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll say that, that that just happened. So I'm like, bro, you should know like that's not normal. So it hasn't happened yet. What so, I would give her that power. It, it's the next scene. So as He's like, get, he's, they walk back down to concessions. He sees this guy in line. They're walking back, and um, he's basically telling I'm glad Elijah, he wasn't black. <laughs> he's, he, he's telling Elijah, here's a ticket. You're going to sit the nosebleeds. Don't scout fucking random tickets to try to sneak in here again. And he brushes the arm of a guy in line who's wearing like a camo jacket. And he starts just like having a weird sense of things by cats trying to get out of the room. Um, someone take over. So he's, he's he's rogue pretty much. He takes you and gets your power. <laughs> but in this case, no one else has power, so he just gets your memories. Whoa, that's actually pretty interesting. Hey, don't <laughs> don't don't doubt my intelligence over here. I want to say something, Darius. You said you wish you had that power. I don't yeah. know. I don't know no, if I want to know all the bad sh- Like, I got enough sense of the terrible shit that any person can do just from the internet. And I know, like, the little shit I've done that I want to <laughs> talk about. So I'm like, I don't really want to know. Calvin, what type of people you running into? What in the world? I'll, I'll, don't worry about you, it. You brush, Calvin, <laughs> you brush Calvin's arm. There's some, like, just terrible masturbation like, section. Like, I, no, no, no. It's like like, I, fucking, <laughs> like uh, I spilled the milk and then like, I don't know, like put some back in it from the floor. That's like my terrible <laughs> memory or something like that. fucking turns into a Black Mirror episode, man. Good Lord. Something stupid. Wendy drinks it and you're laughing in the corner. Be very sad. No. Like, I, like, I, like I, I, I think about it and I'm like, oh, I'm not shaking this dude's hand anymore. What the fuck? So he, Elijah is, is like picking up on this and he's like, 
what happened. He was like, I just got a bad feeling about that dude. I got a vision of a silver gun with a black handle. And Elijah's like, what? And he's like, I look, just like these camo guys, they sometimes carry. So like he tells the security officer, start patting people down. And as he's doing that, he's watching the guy and he sees the pat downs coming and he just kind of sneaks out of the line and walks away. Yeah. And you get the also, sense that he does this all the time. It's like like he is a good security guard. Like he kind of keeps shit yeah. like on the level. Also want to say it's two thousand, so I'm imagining shit just isn't crazy, crazy yet. Cause I'm like, how you just get a gun into like, never mind. You know, but for nine eleven. Exactly. That's what I thought. I was like, like it's not two thousand, you know, that hasn't happened yet. So we're not like, oh hell no, nah, this ain't about to pop off yet. Mm. So Elijah, ever determined to prove that David is Superman, follows the guy. Yeah, Which, basically they, they finish their conversation, they part ways, and Elijah like sees that guy walking off, and he's like, I'm, I'm about to check this shit out. Motherfucker, I know you hear me. Let me quit. That, that, that'd be a different yeah. movie. Never mind. So he's got a cane. He's got <laughs> Elijah's got a glass cane. And so he's fucking like he's you know, he's had his leg broken however many times. So he's hobbling along with this cane trying to catch up to this dude. Uh, and this dude obviously is like, I don't, I don't know who the fuck this. I'm walking faster, so he keeps going faster and faster. Then they get to the stairs down to the subway. Darius, take it away. Oof. Oh man. So when I tell you, man, <laughs> when this shit happened, I said, wait, wait, wait. I think I know what's about to happen. He's gonna, he's, he's gonna fall and break everything. I, and I'm terrible for this, guys. I, I, I'm terrible, and the guy's called the live reaction and everything. I cannot wait for it. It is a classic of all time for, for you, like, which, I mean, we're all millennials. I need people to quit trying to make that a thing. You Gen Zers or whatever who really don't know the greatness that was Macy Gray, and I'm not trying to say because I'm pretty sure she's still alive and everything. A song from back in the day. Also, too, y'all don't know about As Told by Ginger. She sung that um, intro, too. Classic. But... When he falls down these steps, I got to sing one of the greatest hooks of all time. Macy Gray, go find if you don't know. Try to walk away, but I stumble. Bah! As Samuel L. Jackson's face just <laughs> slamming down a thousand stairs. You can hear all his bones break in and just a perfect, perfect alto. When I walk away, I tumble. <laughs> I could not wait. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Yo, I took y'all down with that one, man. I'm That's the clip. That's the clip for the YouTube right there. It's perfect. Oh, man. Oh, that was crazy. Whew. Can you imagine like, like, oh. to the point where he's just breaking shit or whatever? And he's like, yes, I broke this for like the fourth time. And they're like, what even is that bone? And I did so, catch, oh, go ahead, go ahead. He he's he's done crunched his bones. He's laying at the bottom of the stairs, upside down, looking at this dude who turns around for a split second to look back at him. He sees a man just crumbled and broken at the bottom of the stairs. This guy in the camo jacket, and he fucking jumps the turnstile like a boss. <laughs> and you see under his trench coat, his camo trench coat, you see. The silver gun with the black uh, grip. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Also, how lit is the game or whatever where no one's just, like, in the concessions part or anything? No one has to pee? No one has to do anything? Mm. Who the fuck hops a turnstile carrying a gun? That's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that also. Like, like dude, what, what kind of... 
What role are you playing here? I do have this in my notes, by the way. He he mentions in his his earlier soliloquy, this is Elijah, he has Ostrogenesis Imperfecta, which is how his bones are made of glass. He's a type 1. Uh, type 4 is like the worst, so he doesn't even have that bad. And that is a real disease, ladies and gentlemen. It's a real thing. I was wondering about that. So he's not tall girl or whatever, where it's like, yo, I'm an extremely tall girl, and she's like 6'1". I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> For, for y'all, hard, for bro. y'all that don't know, go back and check out me and Keto's review of Netflix's Tall Girl. Get your life. Trust. Tall girl, type one. She's five eleven. I, I, I just need a six three guy. Can't remember to call himself LeBron at six one. Get out of here. Disrespect. You're not even average height for a WNBA center. But uh, Elijah says that type one, it's the mildest. Type four, he says, they don't last very long. So baller, Elijah. I'm about to say a type four, whatever. He's pretty much just like his bones are made of paper. He's like a paper mache project. I bet bet they get crunched up in the womb. And it's just like. It just comes out like a football. And David's like, hike. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Because David is a football player. David Dunn. uh, I don't know if we got into that yet. Well, we're about to because. He's walking by the park, sees uh, Joseph playing football with a bunch of kids, with some ripped-ass dude going to Temple, fucking playing with all the kids. And Joseph is like, Dad, you can beat him. Like, come on, just play it down. He's like, son, I don't do that anymore. I promised your mother. (laughs) Like, what would even go out and happen or whatever? He's just going to go out there and just challenge this random guy that's about to go to Temple. Hey, yeah, you 18-year-old or whatever. I'll show you. Like, they're just going to engineer this play so that they fucking smash into each other at Mach 3. Just <laughs> look, look, that that's happening. And then I know where you start hearing, you're the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. <laughs> just like, what the fuck? All I'm going to say is don't doubt, like, old man sports abilities. Mm. Like, your speed's gone, but your technical abilities are prime, dude. Like, you just get worked playing against some 40-year-old dude who, like, can't run past you but just is making all these crazy shots why did he do that it's that pickup life that i don't play i'm just saying mm. i told you you still don't want to work in 1v1 i do i want that smoke get your ass out here <laughs> that one little that, that one little 18 footer you got you ain't getting it off bro you got to go to the basket and i ain't letting that happen look i got size on you that's all i'm gonna say you do but i got quickness i got strength i got the low-key strength don't get it twisted Come out to my double rim recreation yard I got going on out here. We can oh, cross fucking double rim. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The shot's getting nice. <laughs> um, or after this, are we at the weight scene? Fuck yes, this is the best scene. I, I, I'm just gonna say it. this is my favorite. Break scene. it, break it, break it down, Jack. Break it down. I'm gonna let you go off on this. David's down there at his home gym, aka a bench. No, no safety precautions whatsoever. <laughs> And do you I even guess, lift, bruh? Do you do leg day, bruh? No. Well, David doesn't do leg day, clearly. <laughs> no. So he's doing his bench pr- press reps because, you know, he's a security guard. he got to keep his strength right. Mm. So I guess Joseph's putting the weights on him, on for him, which this, I'll come back to that in a second. He's doing his weights. Right. And then, oh, also, listening to Midnight Rider, Great classic rock workout song. Just feeling yourself a little bit in your danky ass basement. Definitely a lot of mold down there. I was just I was just as confused as the end of the last dance. Where I'm like, what the hell song is this? 
Oh, you didn't the Pro Jam song at the last. Well, I knew I knew it when I shazammed it, but at first I was like, um, you know, I didn't know what that was. I knew what Bill, when Bill Simmons told me what it was. <laughs> I'm about to say, you remember when I hit you a couple of like a month ago about um Stone Temple Pilots? Oh, I love STP. Because I because th- I thought it was um Pearl Jam. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty similar. So yeah. he's down there, he's doing his shit, and he's uh, all right. So Joseph's down there. He's talking to him. He's like lifting his weights, and Joseph's like, "Do you think that you could have beaten up Bruce Lee?" And he was like, "No, Joseph. Like, like help me with the weights." And he's like, "What? What? Even if you didn't like, even if you knew karate, you can mess with him." He's like, "No, Joseph. His dad's like buy, or his son's buying into this image of him. So he he's going to do his squat or his uh next reps. He dude, the struggle on his face is real. He puts the weights down, and he looks at Joseph and he goes, "You added?" And Joseph's just like in the corner, like nodding, like yeah. And all of a sudden he's like, "Huh? So how much is it? It was 250. Now it's 270. And he just repped it. He, like he maxed out weight. So then David's feeling himself a little bit. He goes, "Let's put more on." Or no, maybe Joseph said that. Let's put more on. He's just like, "Okay." And then right. it starts getting real. That's right. Because so, at first he was like, he was he he saw how much was on there at 250. He's like, "That's too much." And then he kind of had this like cognitive dissonance, like like. I just fucking crushed that shit, and yet also I sh- I shouldn't have been able to crush that shit. And he tells him like, "All right, take off weight. That's not safe." But he puts more on, and he doesn't notice. And then they fucking then he's just like, "All right, <laughs> let's just go. Let's see how how far we can take this." Have you guys ever tried to max your bench press before? No. Yeah, I've sad. done it like once, and like you can do like maybe two reps, and then you put on weight. You can maybe do one rep. He is gunning it dude like he does like two or three and, and he's just like more so all, all that to say no one maxes out their weight like four times in a lifting session and not only does he do that they put all the weights on and then they run out of weights and then they put they duct tape paint cans to the bars and he's still just fucking crushing it i love that scene so i told you all or whatever because i didn't think of this at, I, I just thought of this which i'm gonna say because I told y'all in the moment, first off, home gyms, no. This is an accident waiting to happen. Second off, them pay cans are heavy as fuck. This is bootleg as hell. This is even more dangerous. But now I'm thinking, like, in <laughs> retrospect, is Joseph superpower too? How the fuck this kid put on these heavy-ass weights? <laughs> I want that damn strong. He, was he, like, eight, nine? Son of David. He's he's the savior. <laughs> Literally. Son of, oh. You, son of David. And then I, I am a son of David. <laughs> Oh, it all goes full circle. Um, that's when it cuts back to Mr. Glass in the hospital having 14 fractures. And he's just like, fucking kill me. <laughs> he's like, damn, physical therapy again. So okay. it's, at this po- it's at this point in the movie that uh, on the Skype call, I <laughs> look like I've been sitting in two hours of training of shit I've already heard before. And I'm just nodding off. So you're, you're, <laughs> you're like a fucking clockwork <laughs> orange right now. Whatever. Just, oh, my God, it's it over. <laughs> my eyes open. That was hilarious. <laughs> so nice um, reference yeah. there. I like that. Darius <laughs> <laughs> brings it. Right. So I mean, we, um, we cut to Aubrey now because he's got to go to a- PC. Audrey. Audrey. Yeah, I said Aubrey. It's Audrey. Said, don't, don't, don't disrespect Drake like that. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about Drake in a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, god damn, Mr. Glass looking like Jimmy from Degrassi. Mm. <laughs> so he's got to go for his PT, and 
goes to the physical therapy where Audrey works. Intentional or not intentional? Rule in. Mm. Definitely intentional. I think he he had to organize that. It. I cannot believe that was intentional. He's he's got his ways and means. Exactly, and you can tell by the way the conversation goes. Which, if you guys have the conversation, go ahead and take off with it. I just have like the end of it, but um, yeah, his, his line of questioning is very poignant. Yeah, so it's conversational, but like she doesn't know that he's that Elijah has met uh, her husband David, and so he's just like, oh, so you know, like, what do you do? Oh, uh, something about her husband, and she brings up like he was injured in the car accident and um or how did they break up i guess was the question and she she kind of like reluctantly like gets into this conversation because it's on her mind like we see in some scenes uh between this like her and david kind of having this tension where she you don't know we don't really know where they're at in their relationship we don't know the background but you see that there's just this massive chasm between them where she's like you know, like asking him if he's okay, asking him about he was applying for this job in New York. That's why he was on this whole train, which derailed. Um, and he doesn't – what's interesting is she, like, you know, says him, like, are you okay? Something about the job, you know, like, okay, have a good night. And he says nothing. Like, he just goes upstairs, like, very, very uh, stoic and <laughs> He's a brick wall the whole yeah. movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But so that's 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 in her mind. Like she's she's thinking about this relationship, and Elijah's kind of bringing this out. And you're like, what what about your husband? You know, and she brings up this this accident uh, that happened back in the day when they were in high school. He was a star football player, and their car flipped over. It was terrible. She was like, you know, injured, and he apparently like injured his knee and couldn't play football anymore. And like that's the story that she has. She didn't let my man get to college. Mm. She didn't even do college ball. Like, come on. Disrespectful. Well, we don't know that. We we just think he got injured, right? Maybe. We do a follow-up or whatever, like, in a different timeline and everything. He goes to Temple. <laughs> Crushes it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. We, talk, we talked about him and his wife and all that. Uh, that. Oh, God. So, um. Make sure I'm not skipping over anything. Next thing I got written down is the gun scene. Um, so I have written down after the PT thing, uh, scene, that's when he's starting to let people brush his arms while he's just like standing in the middle of the stadium kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't remember if that was before or after. I, I think that was before because he he's at that at that point, like you're saying, he he's kind of testing this thing kind of like giving right. it a shot and uh m night Shyamalan makes his his cam cameo like he does in his movie <laughs> and uh so apparently um he brushes against this this guy who happens to be m night Shyamalan, and he gets this this sense you actually don't see his mind image but he stops the guy and he says we've been having uh drug problems in the stadium you know, do you mind if I search you? <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan doesn't say yes, but he searches him anyway. He's like, lift up your arms. Uh, and so Racist. he checks him. Yeah. <laughs> so he checks him for, for drugs. He doesn't have any on him. You know, like any good good uh, high-level drug dealer, you know, he doesn't carry it. But uh, but he's still, you know, very suspicious. And uh, 
so you see M Night Shyamalan kind of like in the in the scene in the back after he searches him, he's like kind of looking back at him and like, so he he knows something's wrong, but he's like, man, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong, and so he kind of he's doubting himself again. So well, he's kind of. We did see the scene before that where he M Night was in the bathroom and he reaches into the trash can and pulls something out. So he was right, but David doesn't know that he was right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of like a like almost like that was an interesting shot where it's almost like a. A, a security camera view of the bathroom in like a, a memory snapshot, but I guess uh, David didn't know the whole story. I have one question about this before we move on to the next scene or whatever. Am I the only one? Because oh, like maybe I just caught this like right now, or whatever. But I'm like, okay, so did you just now gain this rogue power or whatever? Like, have you not just been thinking, oh shit, when I touch someone, I can like see what they just had got going on? Because I'm like, wouldn't you have been noticed that? This is what I'm talking about, where I think it's like he's embracing it and leaning into it, because obviously he's had all this other shit going on in his life. Like, you know, his marriage is falling apart. He he was a star football player. He gave it up for his marriage, and now the marriage is collapsing. So his mind's in the gutter, and that's why he's a fucking brick wall. He has nothing to say to anyone. He's just in his own head about everything. Mm-hmm. Now that he survived this thing, he recognizes how special it is. This guy's telling him how special it is. All of a sudden, he's lifting weights like a fucking monster, and he's like... What else can I do? So he's literally rogue or whatever whenever, like, she held on to Captain Marvel too long and didn't. Then she's like, oh, yeah, I just got to have your powers now. So, boom. Yeah, basically. And they never left. <laughs> I got you. Uh, yeah. Jack, you want to take us to this next scene? Or you, you go ahead, Calvin. I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say, like, that's I feel like that's a normal thing for for everybody where you there's there's something going on in your life. Like, I think you can a lot of people could probably relate to, like. A relationship problem or like like there's something wrong and if you were just honest and confronted it in your own head you'd be like all right this is this is a problem but instead you kind of like play it off and you make rationalizations and you kind of just ignore things you know what i'm saying so yeah i feel like maybe he's he's getting these feelings but he doesn't know how to think about it or how to make use of it so to him it's just like it's 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 a passive background thing and he doesn't really acknowledge it uh in its own right like it's just kind of like yeah He's been utilizing it in his, you know, profession as a security guard. We already talked about it. like he's a good security guard. He knows what the fuck's going on. He like can read people to a certain extent, but he's not in tune with how much further he can take it, I guess. Yeah. So, the next scene, there's one more scene which this is an important scene still. Uh he gets called into the school because uh Joseph got into a fight at the school play or some shit and uh the two kids, him and the other kid that I guess he got in a fight with, he's kind of got scratched up on his face, and David's right. talking talk to the school nurse. And the nurse is like, you know, he'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. It's like, um, it's not as bad as, you know, when I sent you to the hospital. And he's looking at her like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, you don't remember, do you? Like, back when you were at school here, I was on the other side of the building, and I had red hair. And we still tell this story to this day. There was a boy who sat at the bottom of the pool for five minutes and he came out blue and we sent him to the hospital and he survived. And that boy was you. <laughs> so, so how much fucking just memories does he just like, okay, if I don't think about this enough, I literally just forget. So then like, it's not surprising. I guess you would forget the part where you almost drowned, but he did spend a week in the hospital with ammonia. But then like, yeah, like earlier in the movie, have they ever taken a sick day? You were in the hospital for a fucking week. Damn. Yeah. Got a point. Um, all the, the, Obviously, it's an important plot point, but the best part of that scene was the other kid looking to Joseph and being like, that's your dad? <laughs> My dad could beat up your dad. 
<laughs> the irony. My dad is Superman, you motherfucker. Uh, but now here's what you want to talk about, Darius. Yes, sir. The yeah. gun scene. So Joseph pretty much like they're they're going in for um it's breakfast. And he didn't pop up with the gun at first, right? He kind of just like pulls it out. Well, so um Audrey and David are just in there talking about stuff and they're like kind of mending the fences, so it's kind of like sweet what's going on. Yeah, they they went on a date. Um Oh, was that after the, the date? Before, uh, yeah, I think that was right before they went on a date and they had a a good night and uh I think that was the next morning. They're kind of just sitting there at breakfast kind of having a nice moment. And Joseph comes in at level 11 with a fucking gun out of the closet. It was like, I'm just going to shoot him once. He'll be fine. Like, <laughs> yo. <laughs> and, and this is this is a little shout out to everybody with guns in the house. You got guns. Your kids are going to find them, dude. Like, they're going mean, to find your guns and your bullets. The only protection you have is a fucking pair of pants. Mm. Look, you can have a nanny. You can have family watching your kids. People get sidetracked while you're at work, and the kids are snooping around the house. We all fucking did it, man. We're, you're going to find your gun. And he found the bullets also because I didn't realize the gun was loaded. So he, he's yelling at his dad. He's like, why won't you just like admit that you're special? And he's like, I'm just an ordinary, ordinary man. He's like, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> I'll just shoot you once. It'll bounce off you, and it'll be fine. <laughs> fucking and then, bounces and ricochets or whatever everywhere. Yeah, she's like, yeah, so it's just going to kill you, Joseph. So then, like, this is where, like, the good dad energy starts going from. Which, by the way, you know, you can yell at your kids, people. It's fine. Every, we all got yelled at as kids. We, we came out fine. There's it's levels like, to it, though. That's all it is. But this is, hey, like, con- constructive level. Go ahead, Calvin. Uh, I'm going to sprinkle in uh, for you one of these trivia bits. Apparently, yeah. this thing happened to uh, Christopher Reeves, uh, the OG Superman uh, one of uh, a, a kid, a fan, fucking had a gun and was about to shoot Christopher Reeves because he was dressed up in a Superman costume. And Christopher Reeves convinced the kid not to fucking shoot him by saying that it would ricochet off him and hurt someone else. That was a real life wow. story. Yeah, so they pulled that story and used it for the scene. Oof, crazy shit. So David's just laying into him, just being like, it's not safe. You could hurt yourself or hurt your mother because it will bounce off me. You're right. Like, I'm the shit. It's going to not kill me. You're going to be right. But if you do, if you pull the trigger, I'm going to fucking move to New York. And he's like, why? And he's like, because I thought we were going to be friends. We've been better friends now. I want to be your friend. <laughs> friends don't Yo. shoot each other. <laughs> yeah. Yo, he literally was like, if you do this, I'm going to – I'm leaving like, I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> I'm not talking about anybody. And y'all know I made the jokes or whatever, white dudes be doing shit or whatever. I'm like, so you're about to just say, oh, I will abandon the family. I'll turn into like a father from the 70s. You're going to go get milk and never come back? Dad, dad, I shot dad. He went for cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> what's what's oh the alternative God. parental like like avenues here? If you pull that trigger, I'm gonna beat your ass. Or if you pull that trigger, no TV for two weeks. Like what? Right. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? So is as I just thousand, they have a play, is PlayStation out yet? Mm, yeah, taking yeah. the PlayStation 2000, away. Two thousand was PlayStation One, I guess. Still. Yeah, so, I never uh, had to beat one. That's why. After I just praised his parenting, maybe don't use like the actual family tra- drama to like 
scare your kid. But what the fuck else do you have to pull from at that point? Yeah, Calvin's right. Like the stakes are really fucking high. So I guess I gotta raise the stakes. Like I'll never see you again if you shoot me. And he's like actually kind of right because you'll fucking kill me, you idiot. Yeah. So he doesn't shoot him. Spoiler. Thank God. Yo, but that kid pulls the tr- the fucking hammer back. Uh. That's how does he even yeah. know how to do this? How the fuck right. does he know how to do this? I did not know, oh, God, I have to do this or whatever. I would have just tried to pull, and it wouldn't have worked. Dude, I'll say for my little bit of revolver knowledge, like when you pull the hammer back on those revolvers, that trigger becomes real sensitive. And, man, <laughs> I'm, like that gives me – that, so, that seems yeah. intense. I was kind of laughing to myself while you were watching because I was like, he doesn't even have the, the the gun cocked. And then he cocked it, and I was like, bro, terrible trigger discipline. Take your fucking finger off there. <laughs> Yo. So then, yeah, he puts the gun down. David takes it, unloads it, was fully loaded. Holy fuck. And then everyone just melts to the ground. Like, yeah, that's exactly what the fuck would happen. Great <laughs> scene. Mm. Great scene. When I say literally, in the words of DJ Drama, dr- 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 dramatics, like what crazy shit here. So what happens next? I actually can't remember. I, I think he goes to see Elijah in the store by himself. Yes. Because mm. then he admits to Elijah that in the car accident, he faked the injury. And it was just an easy way for him to give up his football career so that he could be with Audrey because he, he knew that she didn't want him to play football, even though during the date scene, which we can just cover the date scene if it did or didn't happen before this or not. She that was I that was actually really sweet. She was like, I wouldn't have wanted you to give up what you could do physically just so you could be with me. But like you did, I guess, and all that. So I guess that gives him the confidence to be able to come out and tell Elijah is like, I did fake the injury. And then he kind of talks about, you know, like sometimes like in the mornings, I just have this sadness around me. And or maybe he had, told, he had told that to Elijah before and Elijah's coming back at him. It's like that sadness that you're feeling is because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's like you're a protector. You're a protector in all these different ways in your life. So you should embrace it and like run with it because you have the physical gifts. Mm-hmm. And he, he used that to play football and he gave that up unwillingly. But for love, because football is what, 10 years, but love, love is forever. Actually, that brings me back to that scene with uh, like the uh, physical therapy scene with yeah. uh, Audrey and Elijah. I, I think maybe we forgot to say that she does say that um, she would have left him if he would have continued his football career. Right. Um, because her whole – I guess her whole trajectory was being like a, a medical professional and healing injury and someone who played football. She's, she said the word something like that's kind of the opposite of what I'm all about and what I'm trying to do. And so she said if he, he would have continued to play football even though she you know admires him for his skill, that's just like she couldn't live with that, that kind of, I don't know, lifestyle. And um, now as an adult, she's recognizing the fact that you know, that was a deal breaker for her in the past and maybe she regrets it now. But and like that, that's how they're kind of mending their relationship is, you know, like the way I felt before, I don't have to feel that way forever. And I can embrace the fact that you do have physical gifts. And that's one of the reasons I fell in love with you to begin with. So like it, it everything is a give and take in relationships. Right. So it's just like uh, like I, I 
she's kind of in that conversation regretting the fact that she did that, even though that is still her passion and that's how she feels about things. But as they get back together, she's like, maybe I do want him to be kind of a badass. That's why I liked it to begin with. I got a couple of things right here, whatever. And um, I'm just going to say this because, you know, this is where this, you know, this is a don't bite your tongue production right here, whatever. I'm about to get a little bit toxic. Okay, fuck it. It's 2000 or whatever. I'm going back to a 2000 state of mind. <laughs> Toxicness. <laughs> look, it's to- look, toxic shit was still around then. You know what I'm saying? Come on. But um, so the first thing they never left. Play Rocket League is horrible. <laughs> oh well, this is very true. We, I mean, we don't we don't condone it. Just know this is all jokes, okay? First thing, where they just randomly went out and got drinks and shit, and they were that close to each other, or whatever. As far as this table. Like when they got back, or whatever, when they were all dressed up and shit, we noticed. And I said, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me they're not going to show the fact that it would have took her like two hours to get her face and herself together? Because yeah. when's the last time you're just like, oh, OK, yeah, we're going to dinner at seven or whatever. It's like six forty five. I'm not still done doing this. And I'm like, oh, my God, can we just go? We've all been there. We're all in relationships and everything. We get that struggle. That's the first part. The second wait, one. Can, wait, can I weigh in on that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I want Calvin away on this, because I know he has strong opinions about this. How long should it take someone to do their makeup, and how necessary is it for them to do that makeup? Because you beautiful girl, you don't need it. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) They they do that for each other, though. They don't do that for us. Because like when they talk about stuff like, for example, quarantine's been going on. M almost lost her mind or whatever because the nail spot she goes to shuts down or whatever. So, oh my God, my nails look terrible. And I'm like, no, no one else is looking at that. I'm not looking like, yo, your nails trash, son. Like, no, <laughs> we don't care. They do that. For, they do that for each other, not us. Look, you can do it for each other, but you're not going on a date with all the girls in the restaurant. You're going with fucking me. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. <laughs> and, and that leads into my second part or whatever. Oh my God, you know. I stopped you from doing something you love or whatever. If that was reversed, oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, you know, I can't do anything. That would, I mean, but she's not toxic, though. Even in 2000. I love. Even in 2000, she would have got, or David would have got railed if if he did that to her. It's like, you can't be a physical therapist because I play football. What? Like, (laughs) outrageous. That bothered me, man. I'm sorry. I had to get that one off, man. Don't give it your dreams, folks. Uh, speaking to reality, like David brushes his arms against a bunch of strangers. Also, don't do that coronavirus prep yourself. <laughs> right, six feet, man. Give me my distance. If I can do my full wingspan or whatever, if you're that close, like you, 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 you too, you too close, man. <laughs> you too close. I forgot where I got that from. Wait, wait. No, I, I know that is. You're too no, close. That's, that's half baked, half baked, right? Yeah, I think yes. so. <laughs> no, wait. Oh no, I'm thinking just Dave Chappelle. Uh... One of Dave Chappelle's skits. It's, yeah, I'm trying to think which one though. It's got which one though. Too close, man. Damn, it's, it's going. Oh, it's gonna I know what it is. It's the the real when uh, the house. real world, mad real world, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Fucking, oh, that was a good one. That is a it's, classic. It's getting real in here. Real, real. Yeah, we could just we could just <laughs> fuck you up. We still got the desire and the reserve <laughs> to fuck you up. Yo, man, I just want to tell you. You I fuck Katie, too. I had sex with Katie, too, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you stabbed my dad. <laughs> he just walked up and shanked him or whatever. And then <laughs> I'm going I'm to say it because I know my co-host came or whatever. He's like, what did I do? What you did? You came in the house with five crazy niggas. Ah, I'm bleeding. 
Yo! Correction. Uh, me... I had sex with Katie. <laughs> Lysol just taped it. No, you had sex with me too. Correct. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the derailing, guys, but that shit is classic. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, Chappelle Show, man. Too close, buddy. Oh, wait, where wait, the wait. fuck are we? <laughs> <laughs> right, um, uh, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. So um, they, they're getting back from their whole little um, date night and everything, and he has a voicemail from um, Elijah. Well, the babysitter says it was about the job in New York. Okay. So Elijah played that too. He told the babysitter it was about the job for New York. Then he called back, knowing that she would let it go to voicemail, and then left the voicemail. Or did I make that up? I can't remember, honestly. That's how I talk. That's how I took it. Mm-hmm. I th- this I might think have been, this might have been you sleepy or whatever by this point. I, uh, for all uh, fair purposes, I rewatched it this morning. So oh, okay. Oh. Um, I think in my mind it was that he actually did get the job in New York. And that creates this tension with like, oh, no, he can actually decide if he's going to go or not. Um, but then also Elijah called. Um, but he he decides like actually, actually. So um, Audrey says, you know, like, you know, well, if you do go to New York, you know, maybe we can still make this work. You know, like it shows that she's really trying to make this shit happen. But she does cold shoulder him too. Like just the fact that New York came up at all, she like they just had this great night, and then it like brought reality right back to the equation. Yeah. And then she was like, "I guess we'll just still be divorced and be separated in rooms and stuff." And it's just like, "But, but why? <laughs> Did, like, you knew this was a thing, and I'm not going to take it if we're going to be together. Why are you going off on your own?" Hey, this was the point where I, I said, looking back, I'm not mad he took off his ring in the first scene. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad. He deserves, man. Good lord. So the message that <coughs> Elijah left on the voicemail—it wasn't voicemail. It was a fucking answering machine because it was 2000. Um, yeah. So he's like pondering, and he's like, "Why is it that we are two ends of a spectrum? You're unbreakable." Quote of the movie. He didn't actually say. It, I'm just saying. And then I'm brittle as shit, but we both react the same way to water. So, like, you almost drowned once, and that's, like, your kryptonite is, like, your phobia for water, mm-hmm. which that is the Superman tie-in. Like, everyone has a weakness, and it comes to play out later with – dude, I don't – I did not remember how dark this movie got. Can I just say that now? I mean, water is way better shit. than, like, a random-ass fucking, like, rock from your fa- from your old um, planet. Yeah, it's a, it's a better better foil, for sure, than just a glowing green rock. Green rock. Or, or I'm gonna take y'all real old school or whatever. Y'all remember that um that Disney Channel movie with like the Black Family or whatever that all had uh, superpowers, but they were like weak to aluminum foil. What the fuck? I have no idea. What the fuck are you talking? Y'all about? never seen that movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> Holy shit! I need to look up what that's called, man. Because I'm telling like they all had superpowers or whatever. They had different powers except for the one like youngest kid. He did, like his powers weren't revealed yet or something, or he didn't have powers. But like his his family's kryptonite was aluminum foil. Darius, you gotta recognize your audience who you're talking to right now. You don't know true. what the hell you're talking about. That shit was classic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that and send that to you. Word up. Next movie. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So, um, well, that was my whole point. Though, so I'm just gonna move on to the next scene. So he climbs the fence to like a warehouse, 
I guess that's where like the demolished car from their wreck is. Which why does he know? Why where is that, that is? there? No, why is that there? Who the fuck okay. is like? Yeah, we have this I'll, random I'll place or whatever with a with a demolished car. That was the most Justice League ass. Oh, this is a random shit right here ever. I bet my mind is you know like when their plane crashes, they study that shit and they're trying to figure out how it happened, how to prevent it from happening again. Mm. So probably sure they kept those trains and they're like until they fucking. You know, go through every possible analysis of these trains and understand how they crumpled and all that shit. You know, that's that's what I think. They keep them in a warehouse while they they uh, you know analyze. All right, so this just came to my mind. Superman's Fortress of Solitude is where he goes to think. Mm-hmm. So is this his Fortress of Solitude where he goes to remember his past? Nice. Thanks. Hey, when y'all, when I say I'm not trying to interrupt or whatever. I found the movie I was talking about, guys. <laughs> All right, what is it? I don't know if it's necessarily a Disney Channel movie, but up, up, and away. I'm about to send you guys the link right now. It also came out in 2002. Literally, it just turned 20 in January. We just gave a free plug to some bullshit TV movie that you saw one Bro, time. you are crazy. This shit, is, this shit was <laughs> dope when I was little. And it was black superheroes, man. Come on. Meteor hey, that's, Man? That, that, that's fair. Nah, nah. We don't want to acknowledge that. Nah. Everybody needs heroes, man. Represent. Bro, I'm telling you. And, I mean, represent all the races on TV, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, colors, all that. Cool. Okay. Um, so that's when he starts remembering the car crash, right? So he has the flashback to the car crash. Car's on fucking fire. Audrey's trapped inside. He's, like, coming to unharmed because he's fucking Superman. Rips the car door off. What the fuck? Like, like again, like... He must just repress everything, because how the fuck do you not remember the time you ripped a car door off and saved your to-be wife? And then the guy comes, the tow truck guy, he's like, holy shit. He's like, yeah, like I'm just a brick wall. I don't have emotion. He's, he's like, like, he even asked, he's like, yo, are you okay? <laughs> like, that's like, insane. And it, that's, a, that's a really great scene in that moment, because you see almost like his mind racing like, this. this is... Like I, I could change my life to stay with this person who almost just died right in front of me, or I could keep on doing my thing. And he chooses to kind of sacrifice his own, uh, you know, trajectory and ambitions. And then I'm gonna rally off that beautiful point you made and say that scene was as dark as the Battle of Winterfell fuck season eight Game of Thrones. It was very dark. Could you see it? It was better than that scene. Actually, it was better lit than that. I'm about to say, you can actually see something. it. You see what was going on. <laughs> I fucking see it. <laughs> and then they try to hit us with that bullshit. It's not meant to be seen. It's nighttime. Fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so dark, you couldn't see the other half of the Dothraki army. Fuck season eight. God damn. <laughs> oh, you mean, the, you, mean <laughs> you mean the army who, like, half of them, like, most of them got killed or whatever, but then oh, they just fuck. fucking, wait, 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 most of them got killed. I say most of them because half of them fucking respawned later on <laughs> whenever saw, um, Daenerys turned evil. I saw three horses come back in that scene because they were like, fuck this. A couple of movies, but a couple episodes later, though, it's like, they're, like, all back. All of them. What the I'm fuck, so man? sorry that one person that just wanted to listen to a review of Unbreakable and is getting all this Game of Thrones spoilers. <laughs> <sighs> all 
I'm right. just saying, man. It had it had itch. God bless. Go ahead, man. Homie, homie made his his decision in the in the the crucible of tragedy and disaster. He 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 had that that moment, that epiphany. He's like, man, I I I gotta choose this lady right here, no matter what. So he but, tells the the tow truck driver, I am hurt. We both need to go to the hospital, and that's where he cements his story there. And then, I guess, throws away his physical past, basically, right? Pretty much. Until he survives this train crash, and everything comes back, back around. All right. Um. So now that he's left the fortress of solitude, um, <laughs> well, we did skip one scene. I think because I just want to mention this because it was kind of interesting. That scene where Elijah's just in the back of the comic book store and the guy's trying to close and he's like, I gotta get that chicken in me, boy. He better not be jerking off that Japanese anime. <laughs> that was wild. So as he's like getting thrown out of the store, he's knocking over the comics. And then while it's on the floor, all the comics are on the floor and he's the the clerk is calling the police to get him out of there. He's Elijah, by the way. I don't know if yes, said th- yes, this is Elijah. Sorry, I, the guy in the wheelchair is Drake. It's Drake in the wheelchair. And, <laughs> and uh, wheelchair he picks Jimmy. Up a, a comic catches his eye, and it's called Century Man. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it's David basically. Like he's like this. Like it finally clicks, and then he's gonna use that as his motivation to tell him like, you know, like your storyline's already been written, so you just have to fulfill it basically. That was a long reach back a couple scenes ago. Anyway, um, so he ends up calling Elijah after he leaves the Fortress of Solitude, aka the Car Salvage Yard, and he tells him, "I've never been er- I've never been injured, Elijah." And then, you know, asks him what he's supposed to do. And then, basically, Elijah's like, "Go out in the world. It's not going to take you long, and you'll find your purpose." So he goes to the train station. That's what I'm saying, Darius. Like, there's a lot of dark shit for everybody. You don't want to know that shit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 not number one on like my powers ranking. I mean, we could do that later if you guys want. <laughs> when we're done with this, we could do that. Yeah, if it was see every person's horribleness, if I pr- brush them by accident, that would be like a hundred on the top one hundred list. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you could put gloves on or whatever and be like, you know, the gloves don't like the gloves like restrict rogues like power or whatever. You know, it works for rogue. I'll give her that. So (laughs) this shit was hilarious to me. He's reading people and it's like some dude getting pushed on the street. He's like, you stupid Mexican. (laughs) That did not age well. 2000s was wild. Then he brushes some dude in the green shirt who is like about to rape a woman. What? What is that about? And, man. <laughs> and so then I guess he brushes the the worker in the train station, right? In the orange jumpsuit. Yes. So did he did which I'm, I'm so I'm so sorry, Cal, I'm let you go in. But what in the like yo, like okay, I get you're doing EBS or whatever. And I said this. I get you're doing EBS, but like yo, my man's what, what like, why, why, you got um um environmental services. Like okay. pretty much the people that clean. Oh uh, yeah. That's the like technical term, you know what I'm saying? Everyone has like technical like job terms and everything. We all have but, like academics. my man was dressed like right. My man was dressed like he was like doing a bid. He dead he ass looked looking like he, like he just escaped jail, yeah. Straight orange. Straight out like, of Rikers. Like right. the fuck? Orange. But orange is the villain color. 
that's that's the point. So I was gonna say it's not new black. <laughs> it's not well, well, not not yet. That's what 2008, 2010. Um, I never watched. I never did either. So David is green. He's the hero. Elijah's purple. He's the anti-hero. And then this dude, Orange, he's the villain. This dude's sick. This dude is sick, man. So we didn't catch his memory, right? We just see David start following him back. Oh, no, 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 no. We did catch his memory because he was the one at the screen door. Yeah. So he's at the screen door, and he's like, I like your house to the guy that's inside. He's like, okay. Like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, can I come in? He's like, no. And then, Darius, you hit us with the line last night about the screen door. <laughs> Son, why am I trying to, like... <laughs> Okay. My my thing about it is I don't have a screen door in my apartment. But like going back to my house or whatever, if you're at the screen door, you got me by now. I'm not yeah. like, what the fuck? Just Yo, son, strong, we got like... is this why we got peepholes? <laughs> yes. Look, all I'm saying is that maybe the dude lives in like suburbia or whatever, but uh I feel bad for the rest of his family for what happened to them, but that guy deserved to die. Bro, how are you gonna get that breeze? <laughs> get that <screen? laughs> you got you got, you got windows? Man, you you could fucking Naruto run and jump straight through a screen window too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, all right, so do we do we just go into that whole scene? Because that, that's it. the biggest biggest scene in the movie, right? Do you, do you want to lead, Darius? You want me to go? I, go ahead, bro. You got it. This is that he, darkness we were talking about. Holy fuck! So he follows this guy back to a house which we're soon to realize is not his house. It's the house that he fucking broke into, killed the dad, and fucking chained up the kids up in the bathroom as David's walking around this house like it's no big deal. That was kind of weird, but like, all right, dude could be here <laughs> cool wherever. Place, right. So he's got his, you know, his military jacket on, his raincoat, because he's afraid of water. Kind of hilarious. So... <laughs> <laughs> So he's stopping through the house. He goes in the bathroom. There's two girls like chained up. He's like, whoa, what the fuck? And then he unties them, smartly shuts them up. Best move so far now that you're in the situation. Because apparently he's like, I guess I'm just going to be a hero now. And then as he sees, I guess it's the mom tied up against the radiator. He's trying to save her and dude jumps him. And uh, credit to... Shamalama Ding Dong. He it's a awesome scene where like the drapes are kind of yeah. like flowing, and right. you can't. He like walks out onto this balcony overlooking a pool, and then it the shot looks back on him, back like the drapes are behind him, and then you see the drapes kind of blow in the wind, and the dude all of a sudden is fucking behind him. Good scene. Which Darius, you started out the uh, watch party last night by saying. These reactions you would have gotten me would have been better if it was a horror movie. And it turned into right. a horror movie. Right, because I, I yelled at this point. I was like, oh, shit. Y'all got a big old shit at this point. <laughs> right. So, uh, unnamed dude tackles David off the balcony into the pool with the pool cover on. Horrible take for pool covers, people. This is a bad scene for pool covers. Yeah. Yeah. I was terrified as someone who can't swim and like, me and Jack have talked about this on pod and everything as, as someone who can't swim. I was terrified. You hear me? I, oh, damn. We're, we're going to get you 
out in a pool one day. Calvin's got a little like and I'm like freak above out. ground pool that's like waist deep. We'll, bro, we'll get two you feet. <laughs> you can't drown if you drowned. <laughs> hey, bro, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me get it off. Let me get it off. It's gonna be like Kevin Hart or whatever. But like, yo, it's shallow. Two feet. Stand up, bro. Like you gonna say stand up or whatever? I'm gonna <laughs> out for a second. I ain't gonna lie. I've been there. All right. Who wants to talk about the the drowning scene? Calvin. So you see him. There's a he gets fucking tackled off the the deck and he just tumbles through the air. Probably probably did like four three sixties and a little twist lands in the middle <laughs> and you just see him like just plop like right in the middle. And he's in this like, oh, fuck moment. And then you slowly see like the sides of the cover start to kind of like sink in towards the middle. And he's literally in the middle of the pool and this entire like thick tarp thing on the whole pool just starts to like sink down towards the bottom with him in the middle of it. It's like enveloping his whole body. And so then like he's just struggling in the water. He takes a quick beat when he first lands and you can see in his eyes. He's like, oh, shit, I didn't get hurt. And like, like you're thinking like David at that point, you're like, oh, I'm invincible. And then that's when it starts to sink. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that was funny. And actually, while we were watching this, I was I said to you guys like, hey, dude, shout out to everybody with a pool. Like this is like a if nothing else, this movie is a, a great like public announcement for the dangers of pool covers for children. <laughs> Dead ass, man. Uh, so, so he is, he's about to go down and die and drown, but this, uh, one of the kids that he rescued, I think it's a brother and sister. They, they stick a, I don't know, the pool, like the pool boy, uh, filter handle or whatever. favorite instrument. It's the skimmer. The skimmer. skimmer for the day. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that skimmer. Uh, he grabs it. They pull him out. And they're standing there like children of the corn. I don't know why they're they're just like the two kids are just fucking like standing there next to each other like emotionless. But so he gets up, just fucking dramatic music rising up from the pool. He stands up and he fucking goes back in and fucking takes care of business with this dude. He had the superhero pose basically. He's in there dripping water with his hood on, and the kids are just staring at him. And that that's like that's like the Superman arms on the waist moment. Yeah. Right. And then he goes and fucks that dude up, and uh, the mom's already dead. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk about the fact that, like, when he's, like, trying to get him off of him or whatever, he's bashing to the walls. The walls are just pure breaking. I'm like, no one, either your walls are just paper mache, like Mr. Glass's bones, or, like, yo, my man's just this fucking strong. You know what's funny is now that you say that, there were these, these, like, really wide breaks where they were, like, no indication of any studs in the wall. <laughs> just yes, like all straight across. <laughs> I didn't notice that until you just said that. Never so mind. my my thought process the whole time: you have him in the chokehold, right? And he is trying to beat the shit out of you from behind. Maybe it's because MMA is like a thing now, and it wasn't 2000. Period. Go go Take ahead to the ground. No, Take well, him this to the is, ground. This is where I said Shamalama Ding Dong would have been a good writer for not WWE, but some form of wrestling, like, you know, um, promotion, because this is all wrestling right here. I mean, the chokehold and everything aside, I'm like, the storylines that he would have came up with, oh my God, I need it now. M. Night Shyamalan, somebody sign him to your wrestling promotion or whatever and just have him do some crazy shit. The twist is, and it's just, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Or in like, wrestling, we call it a swerve. Good job, serial <laughs> killer. Like, throwing your bows and everything. But, like, David, you're, like, two, 260? Just lean yeah. your weight on him, kick his legs out, take him to the ground, and kill him. What the fuck? Like, why are you just holding on piggyback style? Man, uh, right. That was a big man. That was a big man. He's a big man. Yeah, true. He's not small. It's Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, he saves the day. Although it's questionable, the mom looks like she might be dead. Oh, she's definitely dead. Yeah, very, yeah, she was gone, man. Very lifeless. Them kids are good. Maybe a so, little traumatized. Yeah, for sure. A little bit. So <laughs> he gets he gets home. He hangs up the jacket, a.k.a. hangs up the cape, goes and gets Aubrey, Audrey, carries her upstairs as she looks at him like, what is going on? Lois Lane style, a.k.a. they're going to fuck, right? Come on. They're definitely going to fuck. He's got all that adrenaline going. <laughs> I want to say this. He's carrying her up the stairs. He's like holding her and like she's holding her own head up. Like that shit is that's hard to do. That's that's a lot of strain. Like he's not. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, then he gives her the line. So earlier on the date scene, she asks him. When did you know that we were going downhill? He's like, that's not the game we're playing. She's like, fuck the game. When did you know our relationship was going downhill? And he's like, I woke up in the middle of the night once and I was having a bad dream and I didn't wake you up to let so you could tell me that it was going to be okay. And that's when I started to think that everything was going down. And then he carries her upstairs. He puts her in bed and he says to her, I had a bad dream. Yeah. Good writing. Yeah. Good writing. He, he, M. Night was on it, man. He was really on it. So um, the next day and everything, the son, Joseph, right? Yes. He uh, sees the newspaper. Well, all right. So they're making breakfast, right? And Joseph walks in. They're making French toast. And Audrey is saying to him, I can't believe you did that. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like feeling himself. She's telling (laughs) Joseph that if if Elijah shows up at our house, call the fucking police. Right. (laughs) And then... David slides the newspaper over to Joseph and the headline in the front just says saved with like an image of him. Well, not an image, like a picture of him or whatever, like drawn. Yeah. We'll we'll call it a silhouette. Someone saw him as someone saw Batman. Yeah. It's like the dark Knight. He's got his hood on and everything. And Joseph's looking at it and he looks up at him and he doesn't, no words are exchanged. David just nods Mm. and Joseph knows. I was like, like you believe you believed in me, son, and I went out there and I worked it. Joseph sheds a tear, and then he's like, "Don't tell your mom," or just like, "Shut the fuck up." And he's like, "Yeah, I'll swallow my tears." The classic two thousands <laughs> raising. Swallow your tears, boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. But then he he does mouth to him. You were right. Mm. So then, the art gallery. This this is the scene. Uh, Darius, I want you to take this and run with it because. We need all your reactions. Woo. So last note I have written for this movie. David meets Glass's mom at the art gallery. They shake hands, which, you know, there's a whole thing or whatever where his mom and she's proud of him, the man he's become and all this and blah, 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 all that. But when they shake hands, you know, his rogue power kicks in and he's like, 
you know, he he realizes, holy shit, you are the reason why this plane, I mean plane, this train derailed. Not only with Elijah, not with his mom. Just yeah, 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 Elijah. I'm so sorry. So that not only the train. Crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. What else was it? It was the train and um. So it was all the atrocities that have happened in Philadelphia. So there was a plane. He mentions that he, I think he rattles all this stuff off to Aubrey. Audrey, I see. Uh, I, I got Drake stuck in my head. Audrey said, so, um, I was literally singing uh, Drake at one point in, and like during the watch along yes, last night. So that's probably what it was. So during the PT session, he rattles all this off to Audrey. There was a 737 that t- took off and cr- or, uh, crashed on takeoff. 172 dead, no survivors. There was a hotel fire downtown. 211 dead, no survivors. And then an East Rail train derails seven and a half miles outside the city. 131 people die, one survivor, and he's unharmed. So you get the flashback. Elijah's sitting in the airport terminal as the plane is taxiing away, blows up. Everyone freaks out. He walks away. You see him in a bar talking to a guy that used to work in the building that's across the street, this hotel. And he says, if they ever set fire to floors one, two, and three, everyone in that hotel would die. And then you get a shot of him coming off the train and the conductor's like, passengers aren't supposed to be in there. And he just walks away. Then as David's like kind of seeing the scene around him, there's chemistry books, there's bomb materials in his office. And he's realized he's walked into the villain's lair. So I have the whole quote the 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 speech i have it all written down so okay I'm, gl- I'm glad because i'm like I, for- I did not write that down and i forgot well i didn't forget about it but i was like shit i didn't write it so good I, job bro. yeah so dude the last scene in the movie is bars upon bars upon bars so they break the handshake david is out of his fucking mind like what the fuck and elijah is ready for this because he knows he's like he can tell so he just goes what was there still the sadness? No. I think this is where we shake hands. They shake hands. So, you know, what's the scariest thing is to not know your place in this world, to not know why you're here. That's that's just an awful feeling. Bruce Willis is coming. What have you done? I almost gave up hope. There were so many times I questioned myself, all those people. But I found you. So many sacrifices just to find you. Now that you know who you are, I know who I am. I'm not a mistake. I know who I am. In a comic, you know how you can tell who the archvillain is going to be? He's the exact opposite of the hero. And most times, they're friends, like you and me. I should have known way back when. When? You know why, David? Because of the kids! They called me Mr. Glass. Mic drop, shamalama, ding dong. <laughs> yo, this shit was crazy. I was like, yo, what the fuck? And this is crazy, too, because randomly um, last weekend I watched The Killer Joke for or The Killing Joke for the first time nice. on Hulu, which it was new. I think it was on HBO, but, you know, HBO, a lot of stuff or whatever is on Hulu. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to go into that right now because, God, that would take so long. But, like, literally – you find out, like, at the end or whatever, all this crazy shit that the Joker has done, all movie, Batman, he, like, he did something he could never make Batman do, laugh. This was wild. I mean, also, I'm going to ask you, too, Jack or, or Calvin, do you guys have um the last thing that was in the movie as far as, like, the, you know, like, Glass getting arrested because of, uh, I forgot the exact quote they said. 
Terrorism? Uh, yeah, three counts of terror. He's in an insane asylum. Where it picks back up in the trilogy of this whole thing, which I cannot split, believe. Split, correct? Well, Split was the other guy, and yeah. then they made a trilogy with all three of them. Right. That's why I told you I, I know how shit's going to like go at the end. So uh, let me get in my trivia just real quick since you brought up Split. Right. The scene at the stadium of which David Dunn brushes by a mother and her child and senses child abuse just before he confronts the drug dealer, a.k.a. Shyamalan Ding Dong, is believed to be Kevin Crumb and his mother from the movie Split. So did he sprinkle that seed in 2000 for the 2016 movie Split? Interesting. Also, why the fuck did it take that long or whatever for a part two? Because Shyamalama had to do all these terrible movies. I'm about to say, because literally, that's why I haven't watched Incredibles 2. I was like, I saw the first one when I was in middle school. Like, I, I, I'm i good. Dude, good. <laughs> he directed After Earth. The, no. The, yes. Favorite. What? Is that, the, is that the one with the man, man animals? Dude, it's the, it's uh, Will and Jaden Smith. Oh, oh that one. Okay. okay. I haven't watched no, that. You were thinking Battlefield Earth. No. Yeah, that's that. exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. <laughs> man animals. I haven't even watched it. I just watched, I listened to a review about it. Yeah. Um, dude, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened to M. Night Shyamalan. Sometimes you get a lot of opportunities and things don't work out. But, dude, this movie is so fucking passed over. Like, The Sixth Sense is great, but this is fucking is. phenomenal. An hour and 45 minutes in or whatever, and I was not bored. And that's the thing, too. Like, movies don't have to be two and a half hours. This is back in the time where movies were normal length. And it was like, it's a plot-driven fucking thriller and it comes to a crazy conclusion and it's done and you move on it's fucking great like literally when i say because like and when i watched the review a while ago uh the dude had on youtube or whatever and he was pretty much saying like after this and everything of course you know superhero movies are what they are now but like even to like up to this point or whatever you know we get the sam raimi spider-mans and that terrible ass daredevil movie and God, we don't even talk about that fucking Catwoman with Holly Berry. But the basketball I, scene. Oh, Jesus Christ. That whole fucking movie. I, I watched that shit on bootleg back in the day. YouTube, the basketball scene, Catwoman's amazing. It's, it's, it's. That, that shit is fucking trash, dog. There we go. <laughs> um, like, this is how you do a superhero movie, and he was so ahead of his fucking time. So ahead of his time. Like we said, this is for adults or whatever. Like you don't have, they don't have to say everything. You kind of just get it. Deadpool before Deadpool. Yeah, By no breaking years. the fourth wall. No breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, for years beforehand. All right. Um, uh, I, I guess before we get into, yeah, I'm about to say before we get into anything else or whatever, let's go ahead and do our ratings out of ten. Um, I can go first if that's cool with y'all. Do it. Cause I already know, man. Like. Now, Jack, you said you went back and rewatched it this morning. This is my very first time watching this movie. I was intrigued. I love the fact that, like, I'm thinking of more shit or looking at more things like, oh, man, you know, I didn't catch that or, oh, this and everything. I am going to give Unbreakable, you know, no Alicia Keys or whatever. And that. I was going to sing that, but I don't want to, like, I've already sang enough today. I'm going to give it, it is going to be high, man. I'm going nine. Oh, wow. Nine out of ten. This was fucking wow. dope. Like, 
for all it was it was dark but it wasn't too dark it was really good and i mean it, it never just went off plot like he was in his bag on this shit i don't know what was going on with avatar and all that you know some other movies i haven't seen but if signs is like this if uh six sense is like this or whatever even though you know some people were saying this was the underrated one of the movies i was yeah this this was dope i will just get to Get some numbers real quick. Budget seventy five million. Box office two hundred forty eight million. A lot of that was off the back of the Sixth Sense, but also I think it's totally deserved. I fucking love this movie. Nine point five. Wow. Damn. And a lot, a lot of that too is like there were some stupid camera shots and stuff here too. But like again, like you get into the trivia of this stuff, and it's just like, dude, it was so thought out. Like superhero movie before superhero movies were a thing and it didn't even have to take the comic book material they use that as an inspiration like dude fucking phenomenal that's that's my rating he was in his bag man calvin wow. all right i'm i'm a little different i'm giving it a seven out of ten and i don't know if, if that's surprising but i i feel like the the seven out of ten level for me is a great movie but one that does not necessarily like affect me personally. Like, since this is just my personal rating, uh, it's it's like it it is good. I enjoyed it. But there's there's like the eights and the nines and the super rare like my top fives. I would maybe give the ten out of tens. This is yeah. like it checks so many boxes. Like amazing movie, amazing cinematography. But there's a lot of little things that I, that a lot of a lot of movies I wish if they had just done a little bit more of this or some of that, it would have like spoken to me more. And so I don't know, as a personal rating, I give that the seven out of 10. I think that is to me an excellent movie and it just goes up from there for, you know, things that are just like incredible movies. And I think that's totally fair. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the reason we're doing this podcast is because Darius sent me a list of movies from the 2000s and I was like, unbreakable. Yes, I love this movie. So like, like, you hit me right back or whatever and like just said that. Like nothing else, just unbreakable. Yeah. yeah. So I just ranked this. It, it was just crazy good to me. Yeah. Good movie. Um, Un- underrated, right. man. Yeah. I, for sure. Some shit gets better with time or whatever. Like the thing to think or whatever. Like we said in November, this is gonna turn twenty. This could come out right now and it'd still be good. I mean, yeah. this was a really good movie. I, I enjoyed this. The cinematography is great. Every all right. So I'm just gonna dive into some trivia. Um, Let's do it. One of Quentin Tarantino's favorite films in 2009, Tarantino praised Unbreakable. This is from Wikipedia. Included it on his list of the top 20 films since released since 1992 which is when reservoir dogs came out if that's any reference there which i'm sure he doesn't rank his own movies in his own list I haven't seen um, it oh fuck i know i, and Tarant- I heard this one I, I heard this one i need to see that in a uh, heat oh yeah oh yeah so tarantino praised the film quote brilliant retelling of the super jam mythology and said it can, contains what he considers to be bruce bruce willis's best performance which he directed him in pulp fiction and he also criticized the way the film was marketed upon release, stating he felt it would have been far more effective if the film's advertising simply posed the question of, quote, what if Superman was here on Earth and he didn't know he was Superman, unquote. Dope, right. um, several scenes relating to Mr. Glass as a character involve Glass. So as a newborn, he's primarily seen reflected in mirrors. As a young boy, he's seen reflected in a blank television screen. 
He leaves his calling card on the windshield of David Dunn's car. He's reflected in the glass frame of his art gallery. His walking stick when he falls down the stairs is made of glass. And in the comic books, he's seen behind him in one scene uh, when he's doing the art gallery thing of Thor, who for a time during the 1980s had a curse upon him that made his bones brittle and turn to glass or break easily. But yeah. Nice. Um, I went over the action comics thing. Um, in the scene where M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong is out there and David catches him looking back at him after he pats him down, the movie makes use of the scary, shiny glass trope, which is a common trope used in Japanese manga and anime to indicate the sinister intentions of a villain. So that's why he's wearing glasses in the scene, was to do that shot. <laughs> well <funny. done>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... You know, I think we went over most of the rest of it. The, oh, no, this is the best one, the last one. So in the scene where Elijah's mother gives him a present placed across the street, it's a, it's a uh, wrapped in the color purple, which happens to be Samuel L. Jackson's favorite color. His character often wears purple because Samuel L. Jackson also convinced George Lucas to make his yes! purple when he was Mace Windu in Star Wars in the prequels so that he could pick himself out more easily because being black in Star Wars isn't good enough. To I'm about to say the out. black ball dude wasn't enough. <laughs> right. Shit. I, I mean, I can tell that. So that's why he, he's purple. Samuel L. Jackson picked that, and then they played that up throughout the movie for his character. And then the last one I'll say is in the train scene at the beginning of the movie – a ticking clock can be heard, and um, that's right before the train just starts accelerating and loses control. Mm-hmm. So it's placed up front. There's a bomb on the train. But no, none of us caught that. Nah, definitely didn't. Hmm. Yeah, man. Dude, Like this, this movie was very intentionally done, and it's phenomenal for it. Oh, man. If, if only he can get back to his sauce, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean... He's probably over it at this point. Maybe he should direct wrestling. I, yeah, he should just be a um. He should write it. You know, he, he's good. I mean, he would be good at swerves. Like, if he got somebody like, for example, hit me up, M Night, or I'll hit you up, or whatever. We could like team up and do some dope wrestling, or whatever. Because he's gonna come with some weird shit. I'm like, okay, so this is how we should do it in a wrestling context. You know, AEW needs those storylines. M Night, get on it. Yo, AEW been killing lately, man. Too, they got their double or nothing uh, pay per view tonight of our recording. But you know, I'm not gonna pretend like I watch AEW. I'm just I know. I think it's literally like one day I hit you or whatever. And I, um, or was it you that asked me about that? Somebody asked me. It was like, so what is this AEW and is it any good? And I was like, it actually is getting there. I don't think it was you, Dodger. The only reason I know about it is because of Bill Simmons, and the only reason I referenced it at all was on a different podcast talking about getting some bigger dudes out there. You know, which I. We we talk about Bill Loft and everything, and I'm not trying to say, oh, my God, you can't be the guy who doesn't know about stuff talking about things because we don't know everything we're talking about or whatever. But, like, my man just be coming up here being wrong. True. But that's why I'm I listen sorry. to podcasts, man. I'm trying to get all the information on everything I can. No, that's podcasts. facts. That's facts or whatever. But I wouldn't – I wouldn't no, like, no offense. I wouldn't bring you and Calvin on. It's still real to us, damn it, because, like, y'all ain't going to know what's going on. Oh, I have no interest. Exactly. <laughs> y'all wouldn't know what the hell's going on. Y'all gonna be like <laughs> – so if I'm like, yeah, you know, so Karrion Cross or whatever and Tommaso Ciampa are going to have a match at um, TakeOver in your house, you're like, you don't even know what I just said. And uh, that's the perfect time to end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. This, this movie was dope. 
Uh, I'm glad we could like link up and watch this. We had some technical difficulties last night, but hey, all that aside, we had a fun ass time. I enjoyed that, man. I was awake for half of That's true. Also wanted to say, um, shout out to Calvin. You killed this first ever podcast fucking debut. Let's go. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. This is cool. Hey, man, we got to do it more often. We got to we can find some more movies, man. You know, right on. some dope yeah. shit. No. There's a lot out there, man. Jack said he's going to find me some like music I have no clue about, but I'm all I'm all about exploring new things, you know. So awesome. let me let me tease. It's not really Ooh. an anniversary, but maybe we get into some Nirvana. Never mind. Ooh, oh. I've never fully went through the album. So hell yeah. I, I love Nirvana and I know a lot about Nirvana. Excellent. Yeah, we say all that to say, like I always do. And I said at the beginning, remember always, guys. Rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. We got everything, podcast, dope music, playlist, and everything. So I don't have to send Jack like 20 new songs or whatever. <laughs> he, can just, he can just go check out the playlist. No also, I'm going I'm to need the people to co- like – you know, follow follow the Instagram account, follow the Twitter. I have the don't bite you to like follow all of us personally. If we get enough comments, we could get Jack in this Tussy Slide video, but he's not gonna do it on his own. On his own. Only me, you, and Brandon Cooks. That's 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 the criteria. Oh, he's gonna hate us if he ever listened to that episode. <laughs> that episode. Or episodes. Shit. So I just but I'm rooting I'm, for I'm you, Brandon you. Cooks. It, it's it wasn't me. It was all MJ. True. But yeah, comment, guys. I'm telling you, we need Jack in the Tootsie Slide video or whatever, because I'm trying to tell y'all, if the, clubs, if the clubs would open up, if they would open up this weekend or whatever, y'all know y'all would have got this fresh-ass, self, selfie-ass video of me Tootsie sliding with a, with a drink in the same hand I'm recording on, and another drink in the other hand free. <laughs> Keep this quarantine going so I don't have to Tootsie Slide, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey man and i don't even know if i said this at the beginning uh that was a dope episode 27 of the after credits that's jack calvin coco just woke up and everything from a little nap he's probably ready to go out and pee again so i'm gonna go handle that i'm mookie and until next time we are out yeah yeah Shamalama ding dong. Shamalama ding dong. So hit it.